Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good afternoon, Deb. Hi, Liz. How's it going? Life is good. Yeah? I mean, it is. Yeah. I can't, I shouldn't complain. I would want to, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it's been a little bit overcast and kind of foggy the last few days. Yeah, and the sun doesn't come out. Not and tomorrow. So... Bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and so when the sun doesn't come out, it gets a little bit, um, it's hard after a few days it of is. no sun. Huh? It is. You just want to stay I, curled up. Well, I have that thing called sad, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. seasonal yeah, affective. Seasonal. Mm -hmm. I really do have it. I have one of those happy lights that I sit under and stuff. Do you? I do. Yeah. So it, it hasn't been as bad this winter, and uh -huh. you would think it would be worse, you know, although this last week has been tricky, but um, today I woke up feeling pretty good, so I think whatever my sadness has been, yeah. figures, figuratively and literally, you yeah. know, is is clearing up. So, so, so you have a little happy light, and do you take vitamin D? I do. And, okay. I do. In fact, okay. I, I just had some blood work, and... My vitamin D is low, so mm -hmm. and so I need to I need to fix that. Wow! Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're saying that people with low vitamin D also can have a worse time with COVID as I well. Know. So I know. Yeah. So I've been taking, uh, doubling up, so like ten thousand IU's or whatever it is. Yeah, a day. yeah, yeah. That's what she told me to do for Good. a while. Good for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've been doing that for the past year actually, because I was sick a year ago. And I uh, haven't been sick since, so knock on wood. You There's know. no wood in this room. <laughs> There's fake wood right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've been dealing with a lot in this country in the last week. We really, really have. You know, it's really been challenging. It's kind of come to this crazy head. Yeah. It's exploded, I, I feel. it's, And it's scary. Right. I, I feel, I feel, and that's probably part of what's been going on with me is just this sense of what's going to be next. Is yeah. it safe to go out? You know, I mean, I, I think about that. Usually you don't think, is it safe to go somewhere? You, you know, right. I, I mean, in general. So we talked a little bit about, you know, what happened at the Capitol in last mm -hmm. week's podcast. Mm -hmm. So we've covered that, but in the weeks since, um, a, a few little bits of information has come out. One of the things I heard today is that all the state capitals are going to be under, yeah. you know, extreme guard yeah, John on the 20th. We were on a walk this morning, and he said that there are all the state capitals. And my, my sense was, wow, do we have enough resources to protect every single state capital, you know? Right. But with fencing and boarding up windows and extra police and, and all of that stuff, it just... That's unfortunate that we have to spend money, uh, our tax dollars really, on something like that. Yeah. Because of because of whatever crazy stuff is going on in people's minds that all this has just been a big lie. So, right, right. 
And I feel like we haven't really been at this place since like 9-11. So no. this is, you know, 20 years later where we're kind of, you know, mm-hmm. back in this place. And and like you said, there's there's stuff going on in these people's minds. They believe one thing to be true. And then there's half the country that believes another thing to be true. Exactly. And it literally does seem to be about 50-50 at this yeah, point. I think it, I think it is. Yeah. I don't think it's that way worldwide, but I think in our country it is. Right. And that, that 50%. You know, there it's not like a hundred percent of half the country, in other words, you know, a hundred percent of that fifty percent, um, all want to do damage. No. Or all want to come in no. and carry weapons Absolutely and all that. Not. Just because they disagree with the outcome of the election doesn't mean that they want to do Ex- damage. Exactly. And I know a lot of people who hold the beliefs, the more conservative beliefs that absolutely Abhor what has happened. Yeah, yes. yes, exactly. So it's, you know, there's always these extremes. I have this little teeny book that I picked up one time at a bookstore, and it's like, uh, how it has to do with being a fanatic, oh. and that there's fanaticism. There can be, you can be a fanatic over anything, right? You know, and so you've got these extreme uh, people on either side. So, you know, how how do we come to the belief systems that we come to? I mean, I think it's a combination of many things, but what are your thoughts on why do beliefs become so ingrained and, and unmovable sometimes? Right. Um, I, I definitely think that tradition has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have to dismantle some of the things that we grew up believing, then that means that we also have to look at some of the traditions that we had and we have to question whether or not those traditions still have validity. Mm -hmm. And if our beliefs in those traditions don't have validity, then do the traditions themselves have validity? So it's sometimes easier just to keep doing what you've always been doing because right. it's comforting. It's like tomato soup, grilled cheese. <laughs> you know, that's what yeah. we had for lunch today because honestly today was a, yeah. a you know tomato soup, grilled cheese kind of day. And clinging to those beliefs can be the the tomato soup and grilled cheese mm-hmm. kind of comfort. Yeah. Especially, especially in in today's world. Mm-hmm. You know, when when things seem to be kind of um, you know, the boat just seems to be rocking at every port. Um, you want to cling to something that you believe in. You want to cling to something that gives you comfort. Right. So I think that that's part of it, just that tradition mm-hmm. and that comfort that it gives you to, to continue to believe. Yeah. Um, what about you? I, well, you know, I've always, I mean, I have obviously my certain set of beliefs, but I do feel like I honestly try to understand other people's Right. You know, um, an example of that would just be, you know, taking an interfaith class. Yes. And and I, I remember early on in my life, I was in college, first couple of years of college. And I remember talking to a person at a at a Bible study group thing that I went to. And the person said that, you know, in their curriculum, they were supposed to take a philosophy class, but they weren't going to take it. Because they didn't want their mind to be filled with those other kinds of ideas. And, and I just, I, I mean, that has, that stuck with me as mm-hmm. kind of interesting that, mm-hmm. 
they would be afraid to look at other ideas. Right. And I recently took a, a, a an interfaith class and I learned about what Buddhism believes and what being Hindu looks like and Confucianism. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> But what Confucius said, right. and just all all kinds of different religious um, ideologies that were just fascinating, right. and and if anything, they add to where I'm at, and 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 they it can all kind of be looked at as the really kind of the same end, maybe a little bit different means. To get to that end, but pretty much we're all just wanting to be a spiritual seeking person, and you know, so I, I have a hard time with this really, really black and white thing that I see happening. I don't, I don't understand it, and I, I, I have people in my life that I try to have discussions with about, you know, about those things, and actually some. There are there are people who are willing to talk. Right. It just seems like they're harder to find. <laughs> I know. So. I know because we live in these fabulous echo chambers. Yeah, you know, exactly. we just especially during COVID when we're so isolated from other people, but yeah. we just have our little group of people that we have conversations with, and then on Facebook we can we can block people and we can silence people and right. we can we can just live in our echo chambers. Exactly, and um, that that's never a, that's never a safe thing. Um, it, it occurred to me too that sometimes it's fear um, mm -hmm. and that's why people don't want to change what they're doing because they're afraid yeah. of what a change could bring to their life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember one time several years ago, several years ago now, I did a, I was asked to do this little um, monologue for a um, church event and in what they were doing is they invited people in to basically a mosque. So they created at the church, at this Christian church, um, a, a room that resembled a mosque. Cool. And so the whole idea was that you could kind of get a sense of what, of, of what uh, yeah. Muslims and, yeah. and what that faith was all about. Yeah. And it was not in any way saying, hey, we're going to ditch Christianity and go over here and become Muslims. It was just these people did this touring kind of group where they would put on these events mm -hmm. and then they would get local actors from the community to then play these different characters to kind of tell their stories mm -hmm. about growing up as a Muslim. Yeah. And I don't, so that's beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. And so I was asked to be one of the actors. And so I learned the monologue. But I remember that, you know, I'm dressed in kind of um, traditional wear. And people kind of walk through basically a... Um, like a, a, a store, storefront kind of thing where they could walk through and they could buy little trinkets or, mm -hmm. you know, from from other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And so it was a whole interactive experience. It was fabulous. And so I remember that this one woman came in, and this is her church, right? This is where she comes every Sunday. But she walks into a room that she's normally very familiar with mm. that all of a sudden looks completely different. And she was probably about 75 years old. And she walked into that room and she looked at me and she said, are we, are we learning about Muslims? Are, 
are you being a Muslim? And she and I said, well, we're just here to kind of um, share with you a little bit about their life so that we can, yeah, you know, we can understand and understand. And, and she said, I want nothing to do with Muslims ever. And she said, you get me out of here and you get me out of here now. And all of a sudden she was very confused. She was disoriented. Interesting. She she could not get out of this place fast enough. And the doors were all exactly where she remembered them being the week before. <laughs> yeah. But suddenly it was very scary for mm-hmm. her. And she literally ran out of that room. Wow. And I don't know this woman, so I don't know if she ever went back to that church. But, you know, what we were trying to do was to um, just give you an opportunity to kind of see yeah. the other side and to hear some stories. Yeah, I... I so want to do that. I have a very good friend. Actually, you know her as well. And she's part of um, Jewish, the Jewish um, tradition. tradition. And and, uh-huh. and I actually did go to, a, um, earlier on in COVID, it was on a Zoom thing, a service that they did on a Friday night. And the music was just beautiful. Oh my goodness. It was just gorgeous. But I to me, that just only deepens where I'm at and I don't understand you know it's hard for me to understand why someone else wouldn't be that way want to be open to understanding other people you know well, I um, think that speaks more to the fact that we are sometimes really not willing to be challenged yeah. we just don't want to be we just don't want our beliefs to be challenged well it reminds me of the story that my husband told me this morning about um <laughs> Let's see if I can get this right. <laughs> so there's this family, and they're deciding to have some some folks over for dinner, and so the woman's going to prepare a ham. And so she prepares the ham, and she cuts the end off of the ham as she's preparing it, like she's done for years and years and years. And, and she serves the ham to her guests, and the woman asks her, well, why, why did you cut off the end of the ham? And the woman said, well, that's just the way I was taught to do it. You just cut off the end of the ham. <laughs> and so then it, you know, the woman thought, huh, well, why, why, I'm gonna ask, do, I why do I cut off the end of the ham? So I'm going to ask my mom. So she calls her mom and, and her mom says, well, it's because that's how your grandma does it. She just cuts off the end of the ham. And so with with a little further and further research into this tradition of, of why they just have been cutting off the end of the ham for so long, turns out that back in the day, uh, the ham was too big for the pan. So the, the lady... <laughs> grandma. Grandma, great-great-grandma or whoever <laughs> cut off a couple inches of the back of the ham and... So that it fit in the pan. So that it would fit in the pan. And, and that's why. And for generations... That tradition that tra- of cutting off the end of the hand. And there was just not even a question about why. <laughs> and it's oh like, gosh. that's a good word picture of our beliefs. And sometimes we get into this pattern and we don't even question why. We You just do it. We just cut off the end of the ham. I don't know why. <laughs> that's a great and, story. And I don't, I don't want to be that. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to be. I want to know why the end of the ham is being cut Me off. Me too. I just want to know and then I can make my own choice. Right, right. I the the other thing that it brings up in me is um you know, I'm a musician and I've been involved in churches for so long and and um 
as being a, a musician in my generation, right, um, there would be all this flack from the older generation. Well, why aren't you guys doing hymns? And there's not enough hymns, and you're too much rock and roll. Oh, there's a drummer. Ah, you know. That's a 7-Eleven song, the same seven words 11 times. Exactly. So, you know, and, and I remember, you know, and this was years ago thinking, I don't want to be one of those old people that are going to be about uh, complaining about the music and (laughs) not liking it. I want to be open-minded to what new ideas and new music is going to be made by the generations coming after me. And how do we, how do we fight that? You know, how do it, I mean, we all need to ask ourselves that so that we can stop fighting. Right. Ugh. Right. Right. It reminds me of a story I heard of a couple that um, uh, where the wife was trying really hard to please her husband. And one of the things he loved was these cookies that his mother made. And so she uh, asked her mother-in-law, she said, my husband loves those cookies. Can you give me the recipe? And his mom said, of course, I will absolutely give you the recipe. So she got the recipe for these cookies and she made them for him. And she very happily presented Uh these cookies from mom's recipe book. And he said, I don't know. They're, they're just not the same. I don't, I don't know. There's something missing. And so she's like, Okay, well, I don't know what it is. I followed the recipe perfectly. (laughs) And so he said, you know what? I think it's the shape. I think it's the shape of the cookies. I just remember how they looked and felt in my Mm. hand and, you know. And so she's like, oh, okay, well, what was the shape? Well, they were oval. They weren't round. They were oval. And so she said, okay, well, I can do oval. So she, you know, gets a cookie cutter and she makes them oval. And now he says, it's just still wrong. It's just, the shape is just wrong, and I don't know what it is. (laughs) So finally she asked the mother-in-law, she said, okay, he is complaining about the shape of the cookies. What can you tell me about these cookies? And she just started laughing. Um, Her mother-in-law started laughing. She went to her drawer, and she pulled out an old mayonnaise jar lid that she had smashed to form a very odd-shaped oval. (laughs) And this was the cookie cutter that she had always used for these particular cookies. Well, and look at look at the psychological part of that. You right. know, it's it's about what you see and what you remember, and and you know, who knows? Maybe it's the color of the kitchen too. Right, <laughs> you, right. You know, I mean, there's so much that goes into what we believe and and what we're just gonna die on the mountaintop for and and not be willing to budge and you know I I I feel like if that could change inside of people all of us I mean and there's probably places in my own soul that I I need to open up and really your biases and yeah yeah yeah. exactly because I mean we all have them you know I think some of some of us though I think they're those walls inside of us are thicker and more unmovable than maybe others. But we all, if we could all just take a step back and just, you know, examine why we believe what we believe. I know that you and I have talked about this in terms of what we actually believe, you know, on a spiritual level that even that we've had to like step back from what we thought we believed and kind of strip it all down just to the basic 
you know, couple things and then figure out kind of rebuild kind our faith of re, and our re, rebuild it because mm-hmm. I think you and I both had recognized that maybe things that we were being taught weren't the truth. Maybe it's I'm it's not I'm not gonna be blind and just believe stuff because some pastor is telling me that it's true. Right. You know? It might not be. Correct. And, and so much of what, you know, so many like scriptures, for instance, have been twisted and manipulated oh. in order to fit in our narrative, in the right. Christian narrative. Well, you know, this is wrong and this is wrong. And that, well, why is this wrong? Well, because the Bible says that. And then you go back and look at the Bible. You kind of do a little bit more digging. You you get to know kind of the the context, the historical context, the the social context mm-hmm. of what was being said, and all of a sudden you say, "Wow, I don't I don't think that that actually means what you think it means." Exactly. There's yeah. a lot of things that are like that. There's a lot of things that are taught today that were so more based in the historical context of 2,000 years ago than anything that's going on now. And yet those verses are pulled out of context and people are treated poorly and hatefully and, and on and on and on. And, and I, I don't know why people just believe this spoon fed kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to be that person. I, I just really don't. Well, I think that we've we've actually alluded to this before, but you know, Jimmy Carter said, you know, there was homosexuality during Jesus's time, and yet he never ever mentioned it, and so that's good enough for me. Right. And so Jimmy Carter, who when he does his Bible studies, and he still to this day, at age what ninety eight yeah, or something, yeah, he still teaches Bible studies and just says. If Jesus didn't raise the issue, then I'm not going to raise the issue. I don't know what is right or wrong. I just am not. It's just not. It's my not, issue. It's, it's not my issue. Well, and it's not my issue to talk about. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's how. That's how. When I worked at the last little church that I was choir director, that was his pastor, who's my dear, dear friend, and he's just like there are just certain things I'm just not going to address from the pulpit. I'm just not going to do it. Right. And if people don't like it, fine. And that same pastor, and I'm not going to mention his name because I haven't asked him, but uh, that same pastor has told me that he's had a broken heart because of things that he's seen on social media from people that were part of his church. For thir- He was a pastor of the same church for years and years and years, which is unusual, like right. 30 years or maybe longer, and um, he's like, you know, I don't know what, what did I even do? Why oh, did anyone even hear me? <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind gosh. of stuff. Because there's just this thing inside of people that I don't know if it's just human nature that just they just want to be right and just I don't I don't know, Liz. Well, I think you've just hit on something else, though, as to why we dig in our heels is because we have to give up something, you know, a part of ourselves in order to change our minds. So those very people, I mean, he he stood up there and for 30 years, you know, taught and encouraged and Mm -hmm. preached and was hoping that people grew and 
you know, heard what he was saying. And then he gets this feeling that maybe they didn't understand mm-hmm. and they didn't hear. And he took that personally. Right. Well, I think that's what all of us do. If somebody doesn't respond to what we say or doesn't change their mind right. based on what we say, then we take it personally. Well, it's not personal. Right. You know, and, and, and the pastor obviously shouldn't take it personally. Right. He planted seeds. Yes. You know, and such a good guy. And such a good hopefully guy. those those words of encouragement and affirmation and challenge mm-hmm. um can grow. Right. You know. But even the Bible says, you know, if seeds land on you know, unfertile soil, just on hard yeah. pan. I mean, here in the valley we have so much hard pan and there's there's yards in the valley that just you can hardly go grow grass yeah, yeah. because the dirt beneath is so impacted and mm-hmm. compacted and, you know, it's hard pan. And so if uh, seeds grow, you know, fall on that, they're, they might grow temporarily, but they're not going they're not to gonna take root. They're not going to take root. Yeah. So if you have a hard heart, a hard position, you know, mm-hmm. then new information isn't going to grow. That's, that's, that's another really, really good you know, word picture. Yeah. Have you been watching uh, The Crown? I haven't. So we're watching I'm, it. I'm like one of the only yeah. in the no, entire well, country there's, not watching it. Honestly, the episode that we watched last night, we're like in maybe season two, I don't know, episode eight or something like that. Right. And so she's still young. The queen's still young. And there was, there was a scene where, and, and forgive me, if you're listening and I don't know the character's name, but, but there's there's Lord Archibald or <laughs> someone like that, and I, that's wrong. It's but some Lord dude who challenges the Queen publicly. Oh wow! Publicly challenges the monarchy and the way they do things and the way the Queen presents herself when she does a speech and. And 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 really, um, uh, he 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 gets blasted for it, but then he gets an opportunity. There's a there's a program that's on. Um, this is like 1958. Okay. There, so there's a program that's on where this Archibald guy is asked to do an interview with. Um, I don't know. It would be like doing an interview with, you know, Larry King or somebody today. Right. And so this interviewer is, you know, saying, well, why do you hate, why do you hate the queen? Why do you hate her? And he's like, I don't, I'm trying to protect and save our monarchy. I'm trying to preserve it. And it, things need to change. Things can't be stuck. It needs to change. People need to be able to relate to our queen Right now they can't, I mean, blah, blah, blah. Right, so right, right. then there's a scene where he actually goes to her. No, 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 no. She asks to see him. And you can see how uncomfortable she is, but she's got the cojones to yeah. to say, what do I need to change? Oh, what, what do I need to do? Wow. Even as, and you could see, it was so well done, I thought. You could see her. Not wanting to hear the answers, but being willing to. She was willing to hear it. And then at the end of that episode, it said that that particular man in the 20th century had more to do with helping the monarchy become more relevant 
to you know twentieth century and contemporary life right. than anybody. Oh, and gosh. she did. She listened to him, and they made changes that made it better. And I, so that scene was really it was really a good scene, and it really kind of falls right in line with what we're talking about. Of she was terrified to hear it, but she did. And she she listened, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. Actually, I like I liked that episode a lot. It was good. Now I don't know what's going to happen next. I've heard <laughs> I've heard all kinds of bad things about that show. It's not true. It's not real, and all those. And maybe it's not. I don't know. But that was a good Hollywood moment. <laughs> you know. Well, and you know the truth about America is that we are we are an experiment. Yeah. And you know we. Uh, the, you would hope that we would continue to grow and change. That's that's part of the beauty of the way we have been set up as a country yeah. is that we have some traditions that we're kind of steeped in, but not so much that we can't grow and change. Exactly. I mean, you know, it's only been, what, 50 years ago that blacks finally were allowed you know, to vote, right? You right. know, a hundred percent of the time that they were given mm-hmm. a full the their full rights to vote right. as a one hundred percent person, not a not a seventy five percent person. You right. know, and that has been within our lifetime. Yes, it that has. That has happened. Um, you know, I remember. I remember. You know, when uh, men were losing their jobs as teachers because they it was discovered that they were homosexual. I remember. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Christians not being able to, um, uh, if, if they, I mean, it was only, I don't know, 20 years ago that a Christian friend of mine who played in a band was then fired from her job at the church because she was playing in a club. I, I, I had a couple of those little situations myself. As a performer, mm-hmm. absolutely. How can you be a Christian and be playing music in a bar absolutely. where there's alcohol? Well, it's pretty easy. <laughs> well, yeah, right. And I've been called a danger to their reputation because I worked in the theater. So, so we, you know, and those, so those are things that are. I mean, the church is hopefully growing and changing. And I think it is in some respects. I do. I, I see. I see places, and pastors, and certain congregations that really, really are right. Really are trying to open up and examine old ways and old thoughts and stuff. Yeah. It, it's there, but by and large, what you see in the media, you don't see those parts of the church. You see this other mainstream thing that doesn't seem to fit, at least, you know, and it doesn't. It doesn't fit my beliefs, and so I need to ask people that I know who hold that those sets of beliefs why do you think that what you know and and real and be open to hear why so that we can have a conversation well and i think that those are really those are really good questions to ask you know i have a friend who's um a, a health coach and she lost i don't know 50 or 60 pounds uh, on a particular diet and and now she coaches people and I think that there might be some sort of food involved that she sells but I haven't asked because I don't want to get caught up in yeah. <laughs> in buying the food I don't know um, 
Um, but at the same time, you know, I lost about 30, 35 pounds doing a different diet because it worked for me. And it wasn't even a diet. It was just finding out some things about my body and changing it. Well, she is definitely carved in stone, hardcore. You cannot eat these things because they are bad for you. Okay. You know, and that includes a lot of fruits because fruits are high in sugar. That includes beans because beans are high in carbohydrates. So, you know, you you can't eat these because otherwise you won't lose the weight. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, there's truth to it, and it worked for her. Right. And that's awesome. What I did worked for me. Um, but she is on this incredible health journey. She's incredibly healthy and doing great things. I feel better than I felt in a very long time. And so the truth is, is that both of these things are working for us. Yeah. Um, and she's not wrong and I'm not wrong. No. Just because we did things a little bit differently. And certainly there is no conflict between us. Right. We've not had a fight over which diet is better. You are eating apples. <laughs> you are. You need to stop eating apples. I mean, none of that has happened. Absolutely. I'm just saying that this is a really good um a good picture, a good, a good, um, you know, yeah, it is actually, you know, to see, to say, oh, that has worked for you. And so unless there's danger, mm-hmm. um, I think that we should just step back and ask more questions and be less judgmental mm-hmm. about all kinds of things. Now, we have to speak out about danger. We can't allow what happened last week at the Capitol to happen again. No. It, people died. Yeah. People died. People, people who had no idea that that was going to be their last day on this earth. I mean, the reality is none of us do. But in that particular instance, I just, I just can't even imagine being one of their family members or something, knowing that they were going to go and do that. Yeah, it's very, it's very sad and it's very scary. And so when, when our beliefs end up getting somebody hurt or killed, then, then we need to take some real soulful inventory of who we are and what it is we believe. Um, So I, I, I believe that for all of us, you know, and, and myself included. And I know I know that I have said and done things in my life um, in an effort to help them or to inspire them or to educate them. I know that I've said things that were hurtful. And now in looking back, I'm like, gosh, I wish I had the opportunity to say to that person that I'm sorry that I stood in judgment of them. Um, I'm really sorry that I that I said that. I really believed that I was being helpful or that yeah. I was helping you find a better path. Um, but I know now that that what I said was hurtful. And so I do wish that I could kind of go back. Yeah. I've, I've actually tried to do that, Liz. Um, I've made a list of people that I feel like, like when I was more zealous and young, yeah, and, yeah. you know, um, try, tried to make amends. You know, um, but I haven't been able to. There's a couple people who I don't, I have no, I'm not in contact with them anymore. And so I really can't try to find them. But, you know, but yeah, I get that. You know, I think we we all are. I I actually recently said something 
in in a public forum that the way I heard it, I heard something come out of my mouth that I was terrified and desperately sorry if anyone were to interpret it a certain way, you know. Right. And I I was just so upset with myself, you know, and then I, I have to, you know, people who know me know what I meant, know that I didn't mean. But there's a lot of people who maybe didn't know me and maybe could have heard me say something that sounded bad. And, uh, yeah, you know, and it was just... It was more because I got nervous, and I I get nervous sometimes, and for I'm I'm not nervous with this. Right. It's just you and me, but I just get nervous, and then I don't. Ah, uh, you anyway. I do too. I do too. <laughs> you know, our mouth just runs away uh-huh. before we have a chance mm-hmm. to to grab it. So, how can we be more compassionate towards people who have? different beliefs than we do how can we be compassionate how can we uh open up our minds and hearts to other people i think it's it's you know i i did a lot of therapy some years ago and she my therapist would say you know you can shoot you can either react or respond so um and john my husband he has a good rule of just give that 24 to 48 hours before you respond. Because reacting happens. Reacting happens immediately, immediately. But responding makes you step back and think about what you would want to say. And I think just that simple thing could could help all of us. By just, if you see something offensive that comes on your Facebook page, instead of just wanting to back Maybe just say something like, you know, I'm going to think about that and, and I'll get back to you. There's a wonderful option. It's called scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just scroll right on past yeah. something that offends you. Yeah. And you can just, or, you know, or private message the person and say, hey, you know what you said? I, I want to understand more about why you feel that way. I mean, I don't know. There, there are ways to to not react and then be part of that cyclical yuck. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that being offended is really a choice. Yeah. We can choose to not be offended. If somebody is uh, incredibly angry about tall women or yeah. has something you know negative to say about brunettes, I don't take that personally because I just because I'm a tall brunette doesn't mean that I have to take what they say personally. Right. It's not necessarily about me. Right. It is easy to, you know, if you're mad about cops, it's easy to say all cops, dot, dot, dot. Right. Or all Christians, dot, dot, dot. Or all Republicans or right. all Democrats or, right. you know, whatever. It's easy to lump people in categories yep. when we're angry or hurt, especially mm-hmm. when we're hurt. But there's there's no reason to be offended by somebody else's um, opinion. If somebody hates tall brunette women because they've had some very negative experiences, well, what I can do is I can be a different experience. Exactly. I can model for them a, a different tall brunette woman, yeah, you know, and exactly. I can be different for them and maybe change their heart. Right. So instead of saying, I'm so sick of you offending me by, by your beliefs about blah, blah, blah. How about if you just be different mm-hmm. to them 
and, and show them a different side of your faith mm-hmm. or your party or your even your neighborhood yeah. well I mean, you know there's an old saying that we've all heard that actions speak louder than words mm-hmm. and facebook is and the social media platforms they're just it's just a place for words right. there's there's not a, a lot of action that can happen there it's just words blah 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 fighting words mm-hmm. what actions can we take in our everyday life to 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 challenge our own beliefs to understand somebody else's beliefs, to have tolerance. I mean, you know, we all we all need to learn. To we all have to shift a little bit to be able to get to the place where it's not so volatile and right. and we can have a more peaceful existence. I don't think I don't think anybody on this planet wants the planet to explode and go away. I think we all want this planet to be here for ever you know and and the way things go sometimes it feels like man we are just our days are numbered (laughs) you know so this doesn't feel like a time to turn off our our news cycles because there's so much happening so it feels like we all need to be kind of in tune at least that's how it feels to many of us yeah but you know I, i i we actually touched on this a, a few weeks ago, but I do think that it would be really important um, to turn off our news cycles for a week. Yeah. Take a week break from whatever you listen to. If you're a CNN junkie or a Fox junkie or a mm-hmm. you know ABC junkie or whatever you're listening to. Just take a breather. Take a, take a week away from it or, or go to the opposite yeah. you know, news stations and start listening there just to get an idea, just to sort of maybe grow some empathy, maybe grow some knowledge as to what is being said and why they think what they think. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about this a few times on this show because this year has been so volatile. But um, there are ways that we can grow our empathy muscles for sure. There really are. And grow our understanding muscles, absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, kind of like last week's, uh, I, I feel like, you know, we're out of time, but we could just go on and on about this topic. So um, if you've if you've enjoyed what you're hearing today, please go to Google or Facebook or however you do it and like us and <laughs> share us and, and all that stuff. Yeah, so Liz, you, Liz is yeah, going to give so you So you can go to um, dancingwithskeletons.net and you can leave us comments directly on our website. You can listen to our podcast directly from the website. Uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Overcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Like us, favorite us, um, leave us comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, like or dislike, it doesn't matter. Just um, talk to us. We would love that. We would. Um, you can also send us emails at wedancewithskeletons at gmail.com. Wedancewithskeletons at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know. Um, what you're battling, what you're dealing with, yep, your and skeleton, your skeletons, and how we can kind of help you grapple with that a little bit. We'd love to, we'd love to come alongside you and just kind of hold your hand as you deal with the skeletons in your closet. Um, I want to encourage you to go to debbyrude.com, D-E-B-I-R-U-U-D, <laughs> and um, kind of look up some of her music, and hopefully she'll have some dates. 
Hopefully we'll have Hopefully, some dates. And I don't mean date with people because she's happily married. Yeah. But I mean some musical M- musical dates. Musical dates. Musical dates where you can go see her live and listen to her. And if anybody's interested in having us um, be your guest on your television show or your podcast mm-hmm. or or come and visit you or have some sort of a Zoom meeting, we would love to do that as well. Definitely. So, so yeah, in the meantime, you know what? Just... Um, Grow your heart, mm-hmm. grow your mind, yep. open it up, and uh, we can love each other better. Amen, baby. <laughs> Bye. Have a great week. <laughs>